Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. We've been talking about slaying dragons uh, over the past couple weeks. Uh, we have tonight and one more week of our slaying dragons series. We've been talking about the dragons that are in your life. It'd be a shame if I poked this guy, wouldn't it? Um, we're talking about the dragons that are in your life um, that are very difficult to slay, the things in your life that you think you just can't beat. So we started by talking about anxiety, how you can slay anxiety. The next week we talked about our enemy, how we have an enemy. As people who believe in Jesus, we have an enemy. Does anybody remember the enemy is a three-headed monster? Does anybody remember our three-part enemy, what the three parts of our enemy were? The world, the flesh, and Satan. Very good, Victoria. So that was two weeks ago. Last week we talked about overcoming or slaying temptation. You guys are really scared I'm going to take somebody's head off. Wouldn't that be a headline? (laughs) Teen decapitated at youth group. It's almost worth trying just to make the headline, isn't it? Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, all the people that aren't in the front row are saying do it. Um, So last week... Last week, we talked about slaying temptation and how we can have victory over temptation. Tonight, the title of our lesson does not actually say slay, slay, but we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how we can slay the enemies and slay adversity in our life through something that is probably the greatest weapon that God has given us. Ethan um, White brought me this sword here. It is a real, this is a real sword. This is a, and it's, you can see like the glare, right? Am I blinding anybody with the glare? Uh, this is a real metal sword. It's really awesome. And it's very important to choose the right weapon that, you're, that you need to fight. Um, you know, wouldn't it be a little ridiculous to drop a nuclear bomb on a deer when you're deer hunting? Um, you know, there'd be no deer to eat, and that would be really sad. So it's important to use the right weapon. And tonight we're going to talk about a weapon um, that God wants us to use. The first picture I have up here, um, Broger, is, and it may be kind of hard to see on this screen here, but th- can anybody tell what these are up here? Shout it out. Air, well, that, somebody gave a very specific answer, but I was going to say airplanes. Uh, somebody said like B-52, and that's impressive that you would know that. Um, these are airplanes specifically. This is a shot of part, nowhere near the entire, but part of the U.S. and Allied Air Fleet during World War II that launched an air assault on the beach of Normandy, France. Maybe you've heard that word in your history class, and don't worry, I'm not going to give you a boring history lesson. But what I do want to I don't think history is boring, by the way, but um, in, this, in this battle, we, you know how we fought the Nazis, right? We fought the Germans. Um, we're back-to-back World War champs. Go America. Um, but the, the wars were not easily won, and a lot of people gave their lives um, in these wars. And in Germany and France, which is right next to Germany, Hitler had invaded France, gone all the way to the Atlantic Ocean, and he was dug in. He built these fortified um, anti-aircraft um, bases. He had thousands upon thousands of troops stationed there. He had sharpshooters, and there was no way the Americans were going to be able to take the western front of Europe. So a guy that you may have heard about in history, 
class. His name was Dwight Eisenhower. He went on to become one of our presidents, but he was the general at the time, the commander of the Allied forces, realized the only way that they were going to be able to get a foothold into Europe was if before they invaded Normandy, France, they launched a huge air assault on the beachfront, on the front. So what they did was they sent, this is just a picture of a couple of them, imagine this, 12,000 Allied aircraft to bomb that area in Normandy, France. This is before any boots went on the ground. This is before the troops came. And they totally, not totally, but they in, in a large way wiped out a lot of Hitler's defenses. The only way, that the Nazis were so entrenched, the only way the U.S. was going to be able to win this war is through an air assault. Um, during the process of that air assault, over 12,000 airmen lost their lives. 2,000 planes, aircraft, were shot down. So it was an incredibly costly, difficult assault. So why did they do it? Because it was the only way to win the war. Tonight what we're going to talk about is not an air assault, but it's an assault using a weapon that Satan does not want you to use and God wants you to use. Because there are some, probably some areas of your life where you feel like Satan or the world is so dug down into your life that there's no way you can get it out. And the only way to slay some of the dragons in your life is through not an air assault, but a prayer assault. And to, you get it? Tonight, we're going to talk about how you can, you can go to the next slide, Dylan, how you can slay dragons through a prayer assault. Got some questions for you. How many, how many of y'all believe God is a big God? How many of y'all believe God is bigger than the problems that you're facing in your life? How many of y'all think that God can do things better than you can? How many of you think that God is more powerful than Satan? I'm giving you a workout. Have you noticed that? I'm giving you, giving you a workout. How many of you believe that God can turn evil into good? How many of y'all believe that God can answer your prayers? How many of y'all believe that God loves to listen to you when you pray? If you truly believe that, this is a challenge to you and to me, if you truly believe that, it's going to show up in your prayer life. Don't raise your hands. This is the next question I want to ask you. Don't raise your hands to this one. How many of you consistently pray every day? You know what is, is, is so difficult sometimes is that we believe God's big enough to answer our problems and answer our prayers. We believe God is bigger than our problems. We believe God loves us and wants to hear us. But if we truly believe that, why do we talk to God so little? You ever think about that? And then you think about the things that are going on in your life. And what I want you to think about over this lesson, it's going to be kind of a faster lesson because we've got some awards and we've got some tag time. This lesson I want you to think about right now in your middle school life, in your high school life, what's the biggest problem that you're facing right now? So I want you to think about that. Think about school. Think about your family. Think about what's coming up in college. Think about your friends. Think about your romantic life or lack thereof. <laughs> Somebody's like, ew. <laughs> but think about what is the greatest problem, what is the greatest obstacle that you face in your life? 
Where has Satan got a foothold? Where is he entrenched in your life? So let me pray for you guys, and then we're going to open our Bible, and we're going to talk about how to launch a prayer assault. So let's, everybody bow your head, close your eyes, let's, let's pray together. Father, uh, I pray that you will bless the reading of your word. I pray that as we, um, as we dig into it, that you will increase our faith. Um, God, sometimes we get to the point where our faith is running on empty. So I pray that you will give us faith that's beyond our ability to believe, a faith that only comes from you, a big faith that comes from a big God um, who works in our life in big ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to Mark chapter 9 if you have your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, um, it's on the screen here. Um, but if you, if, you, if you have the opportunity to bring your Bible, uh, I'd really encourage you to do that because um, you can't underline things on your phone. I've tried. It just scratches the glass. Um, so um, <laughs> you can't highlight things or it stays on there permanently. Um, so so bring, bring your Bible. But it's Mark chapter 9. This is kind of an, this is a really interesting story, but there's so much to it that we can learn. And it's, we're going to start in verse 14. And when they came to the other disciples... They saw a large crowd gathered around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, he immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He, he fell to the ground and rolled around foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's often thrown him into a fire or water to kill him, but if you can do anything... Take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything's possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my belief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You're deaf and, you deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up to his feet. He stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. So think about this story. This is, you think the Bible's boring? If you can read the Bible and think the Bible's boring, maybe you're the boring person. Because this is really a really interesting story. Think about what happens here. Jesus comes and he finds his disciples, his followers, arguing with people. And they're having this big disagreement. He's like, guys, what's going on? And, it's just, and, and, and he's like, what's going on? And this man comes up and he says, your disciples tried to drive a demon out of my son. My son's possessed by a demon. Whoa. You know, spiritual warfare? Demon possession, right? Um, my son was possessed by a demon. And your disciples tried to drive the demon out, but they couldn't drive the demon out. So Jesus says, where is you? Jesus asks him some questions. And he says, bring the boy to me. The boy comes, and as soon as this boy with his demon possession encounters Jesus, the demon inside him starts shrieking and starts rolling the boy on the ground violently. Wow. 
Jesus commands the spirit to come out of the boy and never come back in. And the spirit, it says, with a violent shriek, comes out of the boy. Jesus raises the boy up, and the boy is fine. The boy is healed. The boy is no longer um, possessed and antagonized by that demon. Pretty big deal. And then his poor, poor Jesus is, or poor, the poor disciples of Jesus are like, Jesus, we tried to drive him out, but we couldn't. How were you able to do it, and we weren't? And Jesus says, this kind of demon can only come out through prayer. So that's kind of like the story in a nutshell. That's the Matt McClay abridged version. But there are some things that you can learn from this story because I can guarantee you, remember I asked you what your, what, what your problem is? Look to the person next to you and say, what's your problem? <laughs> say it real salty, like, what's your problem? Okay? You, don't have, okay? you don't have to tell them your problems, but listen. Listen, listen. Think about it, though. What, what really is the problem in your life? I was asking you earlier. What is the problem? Because I would submit to you there are some problems in your life that the only solution that you have, the only way to fight this problem is through prayer, and we're going to see this in a couple points from, this, from, from these verses. And the first thing that we learn in this verse is life will push my faith to the limit. Um, that's the first thing we learn. Um, you can go to the next slide. Life will, ch- will push my faith to the limit. I put a picture up here of a, of a gas tank on E. And sometimes that's how I feel um, with my faith. I feel like, you know, you know, I come to refuel and I get refueled in my walk with Christ, but by the end of the week or by the beginning of the next week, on Monday, I feel like my faith is running on E. This, um, this story is, it actually shows three people who their faith was running on empty, running on E. Is your dad one of those people that thinks he can get another 30 miles out of a, the, the car when it's on E? Anybody have a dad like that? Okay, um, so some of you be careful. I think your parents are in here. Um, but, but this is a story of three people whose faith was running on E. The first we see are the disciples. Look in verse 14. It says, when they came to the other disciples. What do you mean other disciples? So there were disciples that were trying to cast out this demon, and they failed, big fail. Where were the other disciples? Well, there were two things going on at one time. You can see this in the, in the earlier part of the chapter. There were three disciples who were with Jesus over here on a mountain. The technical story for this, you know, you know, name for this story is the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus picked three out of the 12 disciples. He said, okay, um, Peter, James, and John, you come with me. And what I'm going to do is, you know, I'm, my, I'm Jesus. I'm God in a human form. I'm God in a bod. I'm going to show you what I'm really like. And for a couple minutes, The walls of heaven were peeled back, and these three disciples got to see Jesus in his glorified state. Wouldn't that be awesome? But what if, as a youth group, you know, outside this door was Jesus in his glorified state, and rather than taking all you guys, I'm like, hey, you guys want to see Jesus? I'm like, okay, Andrew, Avery, and Evan, you guys come with me. We're going to go see Jesus in his glorified state. The rest of you guys, you try to cast out that demon, (laughs) you know? Can you imagine how, like, deflated these disciples felt? First off, they're not, like, the all-star disciples. You ever feel like you're not an all-star disciple? Like, there are people that are doing so much better in their life spiritually than you are, and then you try to do something spiritual, the disciples try to do something spiritual, and they fell flat on their face and they failed, so their faith was running on E. The boy's father's faith was running on E. Look at what he asks. He says to Jesus, if you can do anything, take pity on him. What can God do? 
anything. And this guy says, if you can do anything, can you have pity on, on, on my son and help him? And Jesus is like, hey, if you can, you know, Jesus gets sarcastic. You know, sarcasm is a spiritual gift. I really think it is. Um, Jesus says, if you can, he says, everything's possible for someone who believes. And then this guy says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. If you actually have a physical Bible, I'd, I'd circle that. Help me overcome my unbelief. Because that's a really good prayer to pray sometimes when you don't know what else to pray. And you say, help me overcome my unbelief. And the third the third person or the third group of people we see that have their faith on E in verse 19 is an unbelieving generation. Jesus says, you unbelieving generation, how long will I stay with you? How long will I put up with you? You know what the answer was to that? When Jesus was frustrated with the lack of faith of his people, how long did Jesus put up with them? All the way to the cross. You want to know how long Jesus will put up with you even when your faith is running on E? That's exactly right. You just look at the cross. You think the nails held Jesus on the cross? You, what held Jesus on the cross? His love for us. He could have come down at any time. His love for us held, us held him on the cross. He told these same disciples that he said, you unbelieving generation, how long will I stay with you? He told them his final words, I will be with you always until the very end of the age. So Jesus is always with you. And maybe you, are, you feel like you're part of that unbelieving generation. That you're like the disciples, you tried to do something for God, and you failed, and your faith is running on E. Life will push your faith to the limit. You tried to slay the dragon in your life, and you failed. You tried to slay temptation last week, and you failed. There's good news for you. The next thing, <laughs> the next thing that we learn is I can't depend on yesterday's success to slay today's dragons. Something interesting in Mark, this is Mark chapter 9, and they totally fail at slaying this dragon, casting out this demon. But look at Mark chapter 6. It's very interesting because Jesus said this to his disciples. It says in verse 7, he called the twelve, the disciples to him, sent them out two by two, and he gave them authority over impure spirits, over demons. And then in verse 13 it says, they drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So the disciples, this wasn't their first time to try to cast out a demon. There was a point in their past where they were ballers. They were casting out demons right and left. They're like, oh, bring me that demon. Boom. Bring me that demon. Boom. They're casting them out right and left, and all of a sudden, they totally fail right here. I've got a picture. I don't, you know, people either love or hate the whole Napoleon Dynamite thing, but, um, you know, old Uncle Rico, he was living in the past his old football glory days. I work out with some guys at the gym. They've got their like 2008 Midland football t-shirts on and they're still talking about how great of a football player they used to be and they're living on, you know, yesterday's success. And we look at that and we're like, you know, but, but how, met, yeah, how often, sorry for any of you guys that are living on your former successes football, but how often do we do that spiritually? We're like, yeah, God spoke to me on that mission trip last year. God spoke to me at camp last year, and that's good enough. I read my Bible yesterday, and that's good enough. That's like the disciples saying, I cast out a demon before, so this demon should be no problem. And for some of you, you can't, you, you don't, you can't get it because you've never had a problem like this before. You've never had a problem, a spiritual problem that you can't solve before until now. Maybe it's because you're relying on yesterday's successes. You're relying on the mission trip or you're relying on, on what happened last year to you spiritually to try to solve this year's problems. But the truth is, 
the problem you're facing, that thing, that big problem you've got can only be solved through prayer. And that's the final point that we see here. Verse 29, some dragons can only be slayed through prayer. Jesus replied, this kind, meaning this kind of demon, you go to the next slide, broker, this kind can only come out, can only come out through prayer. Do you feel like this? Do you feel like this is your problem? I think sumo wrestling's disgusting, by the way. Do you feel like this is your problem and this is you? That, that's how I feel sometimes. Hey, guys, right up here, please. You ever feel like this is your problem and this is you? The disciples, can you imagine the disciples, um, after this happens, they're like, how did he do that? How did he? We, we, we tried everything. You know, we tried, to, we tried to put the guy on the ground and cast it out. We tried to stand him up and cast it out. We tried to smack him on the face and cast it out. You know, you know, we, 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 you know we, we, tried to, we tried to rub his belly and cast it out. You know, we tried to give him the Heimlich and cast it out. We couldn't get the daggone demon out of there. And then all Jesus does is walk up to the guy and talk to him, and the demon goes out. So they ask Jesus in verse 28, they say, why couldn't we drive it out? What's your secret, Jesus? Did you update your, um, your spiritual iOS and you have, a, you have something that I don't? Like, 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 like what did you do? Did you, you know, what, what's the technique? Like, what do I have to do? And they wanted some kind of short, quick fix. And Jesus says, guys, it wasn't anything special that I did. This kind of demon can only come out through prayer. Some of you are facing dragons. There are problems in your life that you have tried every possible way to solve, just like the disciples. You've tried to forget about it and put it in the back of your mind, but the problem's still there. You've tried to tackle the problem head on and face it with a vengeance, and it's beat you back. You've tried talking to your parents about it, and they've given you some good advice, but the problem's still there. You've tried to talk to a youth leader about it, and they've given you some advice, and the problem's still there. You've tried to bring your friends in on it, and the problem's still there. You've even tried to read the Bible. You've learned a lot of cool things, but the problem's still there. Jesus says this kind can only come out by prayer. So if we want to slay that big dragon in our life, we've got to start praying about that dragon. Why? Prayer brings the power and authority of God into my situation. Prayer is omnipresent. You know what you can do, what is so cool? You can, I had my Trump mask on earlier, you know, and we think of, you know, how, how, what kind of process would it take to, to meet with the president? It'd take a lot, wouldn't it? You'd have to go through security. He'd actually have to want to, you know, who's this person from Huntington, West Virginia, wants to meet with me? Oh, God, I don't have time for that. You know, I've got to stop this. I've got to take care of that weird guy in, in, in North Korea. I've got things to do. I can't meet with, I can't meet with, yeah, I can't meet with Wyatt right now. I can't influence President Trump. But you know who can? God can. And you know what God has given me and he's given you? This incredible weapon called prayer. And you're going to hear me say this and don't take it the wrong way, but I can't explain everything there is to explain about prayer because there's something special about prayer. We read about it in the Bible where prayer touches the heart of God and God touches others' hearts through us. So there are, there are Christians in the Middle East that are being persecuted right now, and there's not a thing I can do about it. But I can hit my knees and I can pray, and I can touch the heart of God, and God can touch their hearts. 
prayer is omnipresent. It's not geographically limited. Um, and what I've learned is the more I pray, the more I see God working in my situation. Some dragons can only be slain through prayer. So I want to talk about some ways that we pray. Yeah, how should we pray? Because I think everybody knows that we're supposed to pray. Remember the whole raising your hands thing? How many of y'all think God can do things better than you can, faster than you can? How many of you think God's bigger than your problems? We all agree. But how do we bring God into our problems? We do it through prayer. So I've come up with some P words on how to pray. Let's talk about the P words. Hey guys, I hate to tell you this, but right before we started talking about how to pray, we had a problem with the recording of the podcast and my mic cut out. So what I wanted to do, because I think prayer is so powerful and it's so important for you to understand, I came down here on Friday to re-record the, the second part of the lesson on how to pray because I believe prayer is so important. Uh, prayer influences men by influencing God to influence them. Satan is unwilling to be driven from those who have so long been his slaves. So if you really want to see God move in your life, if you really, really want to see that dragon that you've been fighting for so long um, be slain, it's important that you get to, your knee, get to your knees and talk to God in prayer. So how do we pray? Um, there are five P words. Uh, five P words. You may want to write these down. The first is pattern. Did you know that you can use the Bible as a prayer pattern? Uh, the book that you hold in your hands, or I hope that you have held in your hands today, um, is is kind of like um, a book for dummies, which is a good a good thing because I'm a dummy. Um, you ever read the you know social media for dummies and underwater basket weaving for dummies? If you go to like books a million, you'll find all these books. It's like this for dummies. Well, the Bible is many things, and one of the things that it is, it's a prayer book for dummies. Um, the Bible is full of prayers that you can take and you can turn them into your prayers. In Matthew chapter five. Jesus actually gave us a model prayer. He literally said, pray this way. If you ever wonder how God wants you to pray, look at Matthew 6 and see the way Jesus told us to pray. And he has us ask for specific things and glorify God in specific ways and worship God. So if you want to learn how to pray, go to Matthew 6. The Bible literally has a prayer for everything. Have you been so sad? Have you been so like, you know, I know guys wouldn't admit it, but they, they're like this too. You ever been so sad that... Um, that all you can do is cry. Did you know there's a prayer for that? Psalm chapter 6, verse 6, um, David is crying out to God, and he says, I'm worn out from my groaning all night long. I flood my bed with my weeping and drench my couch with my tears. That's not a Taylor Swift lyric. That is in the Bible, and that is a prayer um, that you can pray. You can cry. You can pour your heart out to, to God. So you don't know how to pray? Use the Bible as a prayer pattern. That's our first P is pattern. The second P is pass. Uh, pass your situation over to God. Everything God does is through prayer. So if you want to get God involved in your situation, hit your knees in prayer. First Peter 5, 7 says we're supposed to cast all our anxiety on God. So giving our problems over to God is not just like a one-time thing um, because we often retreat back to that place of worry. So we need to practice the art of every time that ugly dragon rears its ugly head, we immediately appeal uh, to our mighty heavenly Father God. Uh, you have a, think about this, write this down. I've got a limited capacity to handle adversity and to handle problems. I'm not meant to carry the weight of every problem, tomorrow's problem, my parents' problem, my family's problem. 
God says that we're supposed to cast our anxieties onto him because he's the only one who can carry all of our problems. Um, So practice the art of every time you worry, every time that dragon rears its ugly head, passing your problems over to God in prayer. Uh, The third P is partner. Um, You need a partner. Um, at this point in the lesson, I had you turn uh, turn to the person next to you and say, will you be my partner? Because everybody needs someone praying for them. The Bible tells us on multiple occasions to pray for each other. You know what's so special about praying for each other? Well, James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So do you have somebody who's spiritual praying for you? Um, go seek them out. Go find them. Um, one of the greatest feelings of the world is knowing you have somebody praying for you, somebody that's holding you up in prayer believing for you when you can't hold yourself up and struggling um, and then struggling with you when you're struggling in your belief. Um, the fourth P is people. Um, don't just pray for yourself. Um, pray for others. Um, intercede on their behalf. Interceding just means that you're coming to God on behalf of someone else. Um, you know, one of the greatest gifts that you can give your struggling friend that you really don't know how to help them is, is by praying for them. Um, pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for people that you know that are struggling with addictions. Pray for people who aren't saved. You know, how, how does, <laughs> I, hate, I hate to admit it, but how, how does praying for someone bring them to faith in Christ? I, I don't know. Um, you know. Yeah, how much of it involves um, me acting on God? How much of it involves God acting on them? How much of it involves um, um, them um, putting their faith in God? It's so complex. I don't know that I could explain it. I don't know that I fully understand, but this is what I know. The Bible says we're supposed to pray for the unsaved. The Bible says God answers our prayers. The Bible says God touches the hearts of people. So what I've learned is the more I pray, the more people get saved. Um, so, so pray for people. Pray for people. Who are you praying for? I'm asking you right now. Who are you praying for? Who in your life desperately needs prayer? Pray for them. Hey, try something crazy and pray with them. Say, hey, bro, can I pray for you? So we pray for people. That's the fourth P is people. And then the final P is the word push. I know you may just be sitting there by yourself with something, you know, your, your earbuds in, but say this out loud. Say push. Push stands for pray until something happens. It's an acronym. You know what I mean? The P stands for pray. The U stands for until. Uh, the S stands for something. The H stands for happens. Push. Pray until something happens. Um, God is calling us to dig in and commit to a long haul prayer life. Remember I said your dragon may not be slain immediately. Uh, we're going to talk about that next week when we talk about slaying adversity that your dragon may not you know, it, it, it may take a year to slay your dragon. It may take a month. It may take a week. Um, so are you prepared to dig in um, what I've learned is that, that I need to dig in and commit to my prayer life. Um, so what I was encouraged to do several years ago, I think three years ago, was to list certain areas of my life in which I desperately needed God to work and commit to praying for those areas every day until I saw God do something in those areas. I, I'm pretty like pumped um, to tell you that out of four of those seven areas, I have seen God totally 100% resolve and work out those situations, um, ranging from providing for things financially um, to people being saved. Uh, I've seen God work in some huge ways, so you better believe I'm going to keep praying for this final three uh, things on my list. So what I want to ask you to do, make an area. This is kind of where the rubber meets the road for you. Make an area. Write it down. Put it in your phone somewhere you can keep going back to it. Five areas in which you desperately need God to work in your life. Make it specific. Pray for people. 
praise God each step toward answering that prayer. Every time you see the beginning of an answer to that prayer, praise God when it seems like you'll never beat it and all hope is lost. Cry out to God. Never forget. Never forget when God does something. Uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus tells his disciples to always pray and never give up. And maybe that's what you need to hold on to is, you know, the situations, the dragons of your life are fierce and terrible. But what Jesus is telling you to do is to always pray, never give up, and give your situation to God. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.